Welcome to the Path 5 Podcast. The Path 5 team is a dedicated group of professionals hailing from diverse backgrounds, all anchored in making the world a safer place. Thanks for joining us while we dive into today's topic. Hey y'all, it's your boy Bro Neil. I hope it's going on with you because it's going on with us. First things first, we want to thank you for joining us today. We know that we have come a long way and we're testing out some new tech in the way that we're recording. So let us know if you can hear the difference. Now on to that topic. Ass, gas, or glass. No one shoots for free. <laughs> so me personally, I've shot long-ish distance out to 300 and 350. And I've shot up close doing some kinetic stuff, moving around. And I've always had dedicated optics for those two options. Me personally, I'm looking to get into something that can do both, those low power variable optics, and that's something that I am not at all familiar with. So with firearm sales on the rise, a lot of folks are in the same position, and a lot of folks are actually asking us what optics make sense for their new purchases. There's a lot of hard-earned lessons and expensive ones that we have learned, and we want to share them with our loyal fans. So speaking of those painful lessons, I started with a sight mark. Now, it's not known to be the, um, how do I put this, highest quality available, but I needed a cheap holographic or red dot that would get me through the first official PATH training event way back when down in Virginia. And I got to say, it did hold zero with no issue at all. And I mean, Midas, you can speak to it. It ran, right? Yeah, it was kind of one of those like inadvertent budget build tests. You know, you were <laughs> like, I don't feel like running this scope. Let me just cop this at Bass Pro and see how she flies. And and it worked. It was pretty surprising. Yeah, I mean, my other option was to run the optic that I had on that. It was a 20-inch AR with a 3 to 9 on it. And that's really not going to get you anywhere when it comes to this close-up stuff. No. So... <laughs> With that being said, it was great that day on the range. I wouldn't trust my life with it, but it did its job. But I got to say, I do know one guy that did trust their life with it. That, that kid in uh, Kenosha, Kyle, put three rounds and three people with a sight mark on a DPMS rifle. Yeah, after eating shit in the middle of the street and it held zero. So that's a bonus. So, yeah, I, got, I guess got that's clap a clap with a skateboard, skateboard proof. <laughs> That's that's the only marketing that they should use from here on out. Skateboard proof. Skateboard proof. <laughs> so right. we're we're not gonna debate the minutia too much. Um, but I just want to say that that worked for me. I've moved on to a proper optic since then. I got the EOTech EXPS two. Uh, what a step up that is from something like a sight mark. It yeah. It is crisp. You know your reticle is is sharp, well defined, visible and in any light. Um, now the one that I sit with right now, it does not have night vision capability. I know Midas, you have the three, correct? Yep. That's, yeah, and that's, right. that's night vision capable. So maybe that's something I'm going to have to deal with later down the line. Um, but right now where I sit is I can't reach out with it, right? I have two options, either get a magnifier for it and then be stuck with two levels of magnification and a bulkier setup overall. You know, you got things dingle dangling off your rifle. Uh, and 
I do like the idea of adapting my current optic to be a multi-purpose one, but I feel like if I just get a proper LVPO, that would fit the bill for me. And right now I'm just wondering where to throw the cash. Midas, any chance you can speak to that? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, I think you just brought up a really good question, right? Like where to throw the cash? Because the shooting game isn't cheap. You know, and you don't want it to be cheap. That's what you said about the site mark, right? Because, yeah, it's cheap. But at the end of the day, is it going to be something that is durable enough and dependable enough to literally stake your life on, right? So, yeah, it's it's a big question, man. And and all I can really do is just speak from experience, right? Um, there's a lot of great optics out there I haven't had a chance to shoot. Others I've dabbled with one or two times, like some night force optics that were really nice. Uh, still not really sure why they're so expensive. Personally, they're they're pretty hefty. Um, but I've shot loopholes. I grew up shooting loopholes. They're just fantastic. I love them. Um, a lot of good optics out there, but I'll, I'll zero in on a couple. <laughs> yeah, dad joke. Anyhow. I'll zero in on a couple optics that I've actually uh, put my hands on and used extensively. And I guess number one, which is my personal favorite of the optics that I own, is my EOTech uh, EXPS3, which Bronio kind of touched on. It's basically the night vision capable, uh, slightly beefed up version of the EXPS2, which I currently run on my MCX. So that's... uh, 11 and a half inch pistol SIG MCX build. And I, I really needed something that, you know, wasn't too crazy, right? You don't really need an LPVO on a pistol length uh, AR. I mean, I've seen them for sure. And, and maybe you, you want that capability and that's cool. I'm not knocking it. But for me, I just needed something that I could pull out, hit a button and it was going to go every time. So that's pretty much why I dialed in on the EOTech. Uh, had some experience with them in the service, of course. They were super nice, really dependable optic. And I love the reticle, man. Like the reticle for me is the number one selling point of the EOTech. Um, it's just so ideal for close quarter work. It's like you can shoot so fast because your acquisition of target is so quick and consistent with that thing. And, you know, EOTech definitely nails that. You know, you're able to maintain really good uh, situational awareness with both your eyes open, which those of you who know and who've done it in the past, when you're moving fast and you're under stress, maintaining situational awareness is so important because it's not you putting holes in paper anymore at that point. It's monitoring who's coming into your left and right and whether they're friendly, whether they're baddies, like what the hell's going on. And it, it just really pays to up that awareness as much as possible. And in my opinion, you, you do kind of lose that a little bit when you're working with an LPVO. Um, so that, that was like a big selling point for me, man. I love the EXPS3. I think it's just fantastic. Um, dive into the details a little bit for you guys. So it's got a, uh, a one MOA dot in the center. And I just have the, the model with the one dot. There's auto under under what the hell brain shorted out sorry uh, there's several other models uh one of them is a two dot 
that simply has two dots in the center. Uh, the bottom one, of course, is for holding high. I want to say that's a 200 meter dot. Not sure, but that's pretty handy. Uh, I just didn't really opt for that for some reason. I didn't really see a need for it at the time, but it's pretty sweet. So uh, it's got a 68 MOA ring, which those of you who don't know, uh, MOA is minute of angle, which basically equates to one inch at a hundred yards um, as far as bullet travel. So, and it's not necessarily drop, right? Cause you can have an MOA shift to the left or right. That's just a, a basically a shift in point of aim or point of impact. Sorry. So 68 MOA, you're like, okay, so what? that sounds ridiculous. That means that if I shoot at somebody at a hundred yards, that's 68 inches off. Well, no, basically what that does for you is it provides an outline, which at a hundred yards equates to the average human body. Uh, so fundamentally it's just aids in that super easy center of mass target ac acquisition. So at hundred yards, you just put that circle around your target. If that's a, a person sized target and you, know, you pull that trigger and you're going to hit it, which is pretty sweet. So yeah, I love it. And a one MOA dot is money. That's just capable of really precise accuracy, which is awesome. And that it's a little bit more precise than some of the other optics out there, like your aim points and other things like that. Um, it's also calibrated two, two, three or five, five, six. So those of you who don't know, there are a lot of different options out there. I know Trijicon has like a seven, six, two, a cog and they have a five, five, six, a cog. So just know what your actual optic is calibrated to. Like the strike Eagle is calibrated to five, five, six with the reticle. And there's other options out there too. So just so you guys are aware, so you don't buy a through eight optic for a five, five, six, you know, do your homework on that one. Um, the battery life is really good guys. And I know some people knock it and they say, Oh, it's ridiculous. And it's going to cost me my life someday. It's like, dude, it's a thousand hours per one, two, three battery. That's a thousand hours of on time at setting 12. And there's 20 brightness settings. So that's, a little bit better than medium, right? So it's it's pretty extensive for a one two three battery. Um, I just swap mine out every so often, anyhow, right? They're not that expensive. Just do it. So that's not really a concern. Uh, the cool thing about it too is you can combine that with a flip up three X mag. You can do the same thing with the EXPS two. They've got them for Eotech five twelves. Uh, basically, what that is is it's like a mount with uh, a tube. That's a 3x magnification that just mounts behind your EOTech. So between your actual optic and your shooter. And it has a little apparatus that allows it to flip up or flip down, which is just kind of like flipping it to the side, uh, allowing for that 3x magnification choice, which sounds awesome, right? And it is easy. It's super easy. It's not, you know, high maintenance. It doesn't require a lot of effort. I just feel like they're a little clunky. Um, I don't know if you guys agree with me or not. You know, it's, it's just one of those things, like, especially if I'm running and gunning around vehicles and stuff, I don't, I don't want anything on my rifle that isn't actively being used. You know, it's just, it's not, not my number one choice. Um, I did use one to get a good zero, right? So I want to really reach out and make sure I was putting a hole 
where that MOA dot was. Uh, and that's the last time I really used it. So as Bronio mentioned, the EXPS3 is night vision capable. Uh, but most of you guys who've actually fired under nods, you know that your pack laser, your D-ball, whatever you're using as a laser uh, marking device or a laser illuminator for the IR spectrum is your go-to aiming method, right? I mean, unless you got to, I don't know, engage two Taliban jerk-offs that were popping shots at you in the tree line 150 meters away. And you had to race a JTAC who was trying to drop an A-10 on their heads. And yeah, you're just trying to get those kills first. You never know. Theoretical situation, of course. <clears throat> Anyhow, they uh, they sell for about six or seven hundred dollars for civilians. Uh, not cheap by any means, but robust, and you will not be disappointed. I guarantee it. Uh, another optic I had, which I actually still have, uh, it's an Aimpoint Pro that also has a flip up 3x magnifier. That was my first experience with that type of platform. Uh, I actually traded that in for, right? I traded in my Trigicon ACOG for that from a dude. Uh, it's on LaRue mounts, which are awesome mounts. I mean, it holds zero really well. Um, but I, I'm just not a fan of the three MOA dot on it. You know, it's just, it's a big kind of fuzzy dot. It's not crisp. Um, I mean, there's some brightness settings there, which is nice, but at the same time, it's just like, I don't know, man, I've never been able to be as accurate with that as I've wanted to be with that three MOA. Um, just not a big fan of it personally. Um, and you know, I think we've all, most of the team has carried them. Sorry, not, not all most, uh, on different rifles on deployments and stuff, you know, back in the day and, or recently, and I don't know, they're okay. They're okay. Uh, a big star of the show, though, guys, I got to say, is the uh, Vortex Strike Eagle 1-6. to That is absolutely awesome. I really enjoy that. I think that's just like one of my biggest bang for the buck um, budget optics out there. It's a 1-6, to and it's fairly inexpensive. I think I got mine for like 300 bucks on sale from Vortex. And I got to say, guys, I'm super impressed with it. Like it's uh, it's a low power variable optic or LPVO. And fundamentally what that means is uh, the low power piece represents 1x. So there's no magnification. And then the variable optic portion represents the fact that you can slide that up to whatever it is, whether it's 6, 8, 10. Uh, those are your more common LPVO ranges on the market today. Uh, it's got a eliminated optic or reticle, sorry, on the optic, which is awesome. So if you got batteries in it, you've got that turned on, which is operated from a, uh, a turret on the side and the reticle's red. If you've got no battery, then it's black or you've got it turned off. Of course it's black, which is great. So you don't have to worry about you know, running out of battery or, oh, is the reticle etched on the glass or not? Like, you're, you're good to go. It's awesome. Um, and then basically these LPVOs, which is what Broneal mentioned, are really offering just an unprecedented capability out of a single optic platform. You know, you can literally clear a house on 1X and then step outside for a 600-meter shot 
and you, you just have to twist your dial and be up on your ballistic tables. Not too bad. Like, yeah, I think it's pretty awesome capability. Um, you know, for hunting too, I could totally see that optic being a really good like hog or coyote uh, rifle scope because it it's just really granting you a really good range and magnification. And that does support a lot of moving targets and kind of squirrely ones as well, which is just really great. I found it's got excellent eye relief. I have no issues with that at all, which is really important when you're dealing with a one X coming out of a conventional scope. Um, so, I mean, I, I just, I can't say it enough how impressed I am with that optic. And I, I just think it's just a, a really great budget choice for a lot of folks out there. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's exactly where I'm looking to hear. I've been looking around at that one to six and I think that's where I'm going to end up. But it's also nice to know that a dead bat won't cost me my life. You know, if you lose a battery on an EOTech, look, you know, I know you said it gets a thousand hours out of it, but still, if something happens, if someone leaves the, the optic on a few times and it goes all the way out until it's timeout point, um, no battery on an EOTech is not a good thing. You're just looking through a piece of glass, whereas no battery on this LPVO, you can still hit. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's very true, man. That's a good point. And when you're looking at durability and longevity in a rifle, that's why it's on my recce platform, right? It's my, my do it all rifle. And I actually mentioned, uh, that particular weapon, um, in episode two, when we were discussing what rifle we would choose if we had to like, you know, exit the house super quickly and in like a almost apocalyptic scenario. And, and that's why it's just super versatile it's robust. The mounts are as strong as you want them to be. There's plenty of great aftermarket mounts out there. Uh, I think it's a 30 millimeter tube, just super easy to get mounts for. And yeah, it's just, it's a big, big contender in the budget optics market. Um, you know, on the opposite side of the spectrum, right on the not very budget friendly optic piece for me sits the Trijicon ACOG. Uh, you can find them anywhere from $1,200 to $1,400, which sounds crazy. And I fell into the trap of thinking that expensive means it must be great. You know, it's one of those things that you just kind of assume when you're a young shooter. You're like, oh, man, the Marine Corps uses it and the Army uses it and it's super expensive. It must be phenomenal. But for me, uh, it was straight ass. And I got it on a trade with a dude uh, for services rendered and not, not, you know, nothing weird, nothing, nothing sexual. I, I don't know, dude. That sounds pretty weird. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I say it, I'm like, oh man. Services but rendered. Services rendered. I, I helped him out. He was in a sticky situation, but anyhow. It was. Yeah. Oh, sure it was sticky. oh my God. Yeah. I walked, I walked right into that one. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was all, uh, you know, we're unscripted here, folks. Just a reminder. Anyhow, thanks for that, Iris. Appreciate the uh, savageness there. Anytime. I'll, I'm sitting here and wait, ready to jump on those opportunities anytime <laughs> yeah. they, they present themselves. That's right, man. That's right. Oh, so anyhow, the ACOG is straight ass. I'm just going to say right now, um, having a magnification out past 2X that's fixed in my opinion, is not a good idea. Not for a defensive optic, which it's not marketed for any other type 
of scenario. It's not a hunting optic. It's not a competitive shooting optic. It's literally marketed for defense. Um, so yeah, it's just terrible. If you guys are unclear on why, think about a 4X scope and trying to declare a shoot house with it. And people can be all cool and be like, oh, I don't use my sights. I just feel a tingle in my pinky. Shoot the target. Like, okay, great, dude. Thank you so much for your fucking service. Uh, on the other hand, the other guys on your team want you to actually be, you know, getting quick target acquisition and using your freaking optic. Because in the real world, targets aren't static. Anyhow, that's my Batman rant. Um, it's got a Delta triangular reticle. It's pretty neat. I, I thought it was really cool. And once again, that's specially designed to kind of form like, I guess the natural slope of a human shoulders to their chest for a, a good center of mass shot. But then you got to remember like, oh, is my zero point below, uh, below the triangle? Is it at the tip of the triangle? You know, it's just kind of one of those things. It's just like, I don't know, man. I just did not like it at all. I mean, I'd, I'd slap it on a two, four, nine any day. Cause then you're kind of doing that like area suppression thing. You're not, you're not taking out hostage targets with a two, four, nine. So I, I, I don't know. I would really stay away from that. Um, just personally, and Trigicon's got some great optics out there, but I know the ACOG is super popular and I, I really paid the price on that, you know, doing services rendered and stuff. Um, for an optic i actually didn't even like <laughs> at the end of the day it just it sounded cool it was a call of duty gun you know hey man yeah. you got a good trade out of it in the end so it worked out i did yeah oh by the way uh if you guys do want to purchase my aimpoint pro with a flip up 3x mag on the room mounts slide into the dms because i'm willing to part with it with for services rendered for services rendered that's right <laughs> um yeah man i mean Irish, I think you've used, you've dabbled in ACOGs and a lot of different optics, right? Yeah. So um, I, I do have to say, I do agree with you uh, with the ACOG. I wasn't a fan of it. I had it on my first deployment um, when I was out there for a year uh, attached to the Marines. And I mean, to get in the zero was fine, a little finicky, but it's just a four times sight when you're moving and grooving through anywhere that the farthest you're going to engage a target might be a hundred yards. You're only need a four X any CCO, you know, can, can really run that game. Um, and if you've used it before, you know that it's, it's pretty nice because you got the fiber optics on it, which are super cool. Don't have to worry about battery life, none of that jazz. But if you've actually used it more than just like shooting it because someone had it and you just took a couple pot shots, um, you know that you got to do like the tape and adjust method for brightness. Cause there's no brightness adjusting settings and it just takes in all that light around you and, you know, portrays it right in front of you, you know, whatever your target is that you're looking at. So if, you know, you're in the military, you've never used it before and, and you, you jump out there with the, with the Joes that are running a gun and you're like, well, why the hell does he have a piece of, you know, that tan duct tape over his reticle over the, uh, the fiber optics. That's exactly why they're reducing the amount of light that's coming into those fiber optics. So it's easier to see through the site and it's not, you know, kind of blowing their eyes out um, and then allowing them to actually look, engage the target past where the reticle is, you know, six inches in front of their eyes. You know, that's interesting. I, you know, not being 
familiar with the ACOG much at all other than, you know, like Midas said, Call of Duty. Um, I had no idea about the tape and adjust method, but it does, it makes sense. You know, fiber optic sites are doing just that. They're taking in the light and dumping it right there. And it seems like a rinky dink kind of way of doing it. I mean, I know it works, uh, but can someone just shed some light on the, on the fact that these are constantly $1,200 plus? I mean, I know that government contracts kind of set the market price, but from what I'm hearing, this definitely isn't it. Well, if you look at it from a strictly durability standpoint, right? I mean, it's actually a battle-tested optic, right? It's been used in the Army and in the Marine Corps, um, you know, since the early 2000s. And they haven't really gotten away from it. I, I do have to say, though, that if you're really going to look for one of those battle rifle type um, sites. I don't have one, but I've, I dabbled with it in my second deployment here. Um, and I didn't have one on that one. A buddy, a couple buddies of mine had them. But they're uh, the L-Cans. I don't know if you've ever seen those or looked those up, but take a look. It's E-L-C-A-N, L-Can, all caps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing LPVO. It's a 1 to 4, 1 to 6. Uh, they're 5.56, five, 7.62. They run them on you know both your you know M4 uh, or variant of and they run them on you know, 240s, 249s. Uh, generally, you'll see them more now on the 249s and 240s because uh, they're a super durable optic. And I think the Canadians were the first ones to really use them. Um, but that right there, if I were to choose a, a new optic for my deployments, I would have taken an LCAN hands down every time. Huh. I'll have to take a look at that. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a pricey yeah. optic. Uh-huh. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah, they're like... A cool seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars, which you know, at that point you're yeah, you're looking at like tip top of the line LPVO, like one to eight. So yeah, it's yeah, point, totally a Bushmaster right. type optic, you know. Throw yeah. it on your little four hundred dollar Bushmaster, you'll be good. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll grab three vortexes before I, I grab one of those. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're sick. One of the agencies I worked with, uh, they had them, but you know, it's different when you're buying it yourself. Right. So that's kind of why we're dialing in on that and we're including prices on a lot of this stuff just to clue you guys in. Like, you know, some of these optics are pretty expensive and we're not gonna, you know, sit there and pretend like everyone's got rich daddies cause we didn't. So <laughs> No, we certainly did not. You know, Midas, before I really go into details on my optics, and you know, I got a crap load of them, I really want to touch on that Vortex that you mentioned. Um, it's, again, it's amazing optic, but it's not necessarily just the optic that's amazing about it, right? Um, get me out to the range and, and, you know, you start shooting that short to mid range because any ranges you go to, especially in the, on the East Coast that are indoor ranges, farthest you're going to reach out is 100 yards. You start going a little farther into the countryside, you might find a good one that's got a zero range and then a 300 yard, you know, long rifle range. But generally speaking, a 6X is going to, you know, be more than enough for a 100 yard range on any rifle. Uh, but the big selling point for these, especially even a, a, an optic as inexpensive as that is when it comes to you know, about $500 for that, the Strike Eagle, is the warranty that it has. And I'm going to touch on it real quick. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but basically um, they give what is called the uh, the VIP um, cut warranty, which is very important promise to you or to me and, and to Midas as the customers. 
but they will repair or replace your Vortex product in the event of any damage or defect at no charge. And that's, again, zero charge. And if they can't repair it, they replace it with a perfectly working optic of equal or better condition. So that doesn't mean like if you go out and you start throwing it around and you run it over with your car and like all the other stuff, this is a defect. If it's damaged in operation, it wasn't because of negligence, they will replace it. So that goes for all the rifle scopes and whatnot, including their you know, spotting scopes and binoculars. So if you're really looking for binos or range finders or any other stuff, uh, Vortex will actually, that warranty extends to them all. It's great. And it's unlimited, so there's not like a, oh, you have an eight-year warranty on this product. No, no, no. It's unlimited. It's fully transferable, and there's zero receipt requirement. You have it. You send it into them. They send you another one, or they fix it. So don't worry about having to save you. Oh, man, I forgot to you know save the receipt from 10 years ago when I bought this thing. Nope. Send it in. Get another one. But uh, I may as well at this point jump straight into it because um, I have a couple of those one to sixes from Vortex. Uh, the first one which is the best one, and Midas can attest to it from shooting it, is the one that I mounted on my AR-10 that I'm going to take with me in any bug out scenario that I talked about back in uh, the episode. I think it was episode two that you mentioned, Midas. But it's the uh, Vortex Razor HD2 1-6X. Pure filth. It's amazing. They have a new variety. It's the uh, Razor HD2 Echo. Um, same price. Uh, they just adjusted a few things on it. I haven't really taken too much of a look at what the changes are, but it's absolutely amazing. You spoke eye relief. It's about a four inch eye relief. So at, when you're down at that first, um, level of, uh, you know, the one X, the first level of magnification, I mean, you, you're sitting in the same spot as when you're at six X. So you're not moving, you know, where your head is. So it changes your point of aim, point of impact, none of that stuff. Um, it's super easy to set up by a dual ring mount, throw it on your Picatinny system on top of your rifle, slap it on there, start banging, right? I do have to say, though, if you're going to buy it and you don't find it on a great website that has a deep discount, you're going to spend two grand for it. So just keep that in mind. I bought mine for 13, uh, 1300 about six or seven years ago now, uh, but they're still around two grand uh, brand new. So just understand that if you're going to use it, you're going to pay for it. Which brings me to that Strike Eagle that I just talked about earlier, which is a 5.56 variant of the Razor HD2. So the Razor HD2 you can use at 308 um, and lower. I have it on my 308 uh, rifle just because why not? And then when I'm coming down to you know that DD Mark 18 that I was talking about before, um, I could, but I didn't, but I could have thrown the Strike Eagle onto it. Uh, specifically built for the budget side of the optic market. They didn't have a budget variable optic and they were kind of losing out on that to those Trijicons, uh, even though, you know, a lot of people, it's a hit or miss for a Trijicon or right. ACOG. But they're like, hey, there's a market for this. People want it. People like you and I. Um, so they, they came in and said, screw it. Let's throw another one on there. Um the, the red dot, you know, variable MOA, so depending on how bright you turn it, uh, will adjust the size of the dot, which, you know, you, Midas, you, you talked about it earlier. The, you don't like, you know, that standalone sitting as a three MOA dot. But if you're using it for its intended purpose at the 1x, you know, range, you're, you're not shooting 
past you know 30 to 40 yards. So that three MOA dot should be center of mass. You put the dot on the human being, you pull the trigger, you hit. You're not going for those, you know, eyeball through the scope shots from, you know, 500 yards out that Carlos Hathcock does in the jungle of Vietnam. You know, true, true. You're, you're just going to put rounds on bodies as quickly as possible. So there, there isn't another side to it. But again, come back to its variable. So you just turn that down, spin that dial, turn it right down. You can keep that nice and small at the, the, the smallest, you know, variation yeah. you can. And, nice and small, yeah. And you can use that under night vision. So those those bottom couple are, are night vision capable, which is really, really nice. Bringo. Um, which is absolutely what everybody's looking for in their lives, when, especially if they're shooting coyotes. Um, but yeah, the, the red dot's great for that one to two magnification, quick target acquisition. Um, the, the brightness is kind of similar. The brightness settings are similar to that of the Razer HD2, uh, where every half click turns it off. And every, you know, so every other click will actually turn off the dot. So you don't have to like spin it all the way down to turn it off, spin it all the way up to turn it on. Nope. It's every half click turns it off. So if you like a particular brightness setting, you're already sitting a half click away from that brightness setting, plus or minus. So boom, quick, quick, boom. You're, uh, get your red dot on. Don't want that red dot anymore. Click, it's off. Crush it. Um, the 3X and farther, you know, it, it's great. I always turn off the red dot when I'm, shooting a long distance just because it kind of gets in the way. Uh, but it's great. Super, super, super clear glass on both of them. And again, warranty, money. So with all that together, with the warranty and all the, the, the features that this brings to the table, I feel like that's where I'm going to end up throwing this money. I am currently looking at a one to eight that's on sale for three ninety nine, shipped with no tax. Is that a deal I can pass up, or do you think I should pull the trigger on that now? Uh, I'd pull the trigger on it now if I were you. That that's a pretty darn good deal. Um, I, like I said, I haven't looked at the one to eights, but if it's anything like the one to sixes, you're gonna get what you pay for, right? You have a three four hundred dollar, five hundred dollar optic that outperforms the other three four five hundred dollar optics on the market, uh, and then if for whatever reason there's a defect send it right back and they'll give you another one. So. Yeah. And that, that, that warranty is definitely something that can't be, you know, pushed aside. You can't not talk about that warranty because there's really no one else that's doing something like that right now. No, oh, most yeah. of them have some good ones like 10 years or whatever, and which is really nice, but right. lifetime. Lifetime just can't be beat. It's kind of like winning a lifetime lottery. Just put on that metal suit of armor and you're good. Yeah, man. Gotta gotta squeeze the trigger on that one. For uh, sure. Yeah. I can see you buying it. Um But I, I do recommend if you do pull the trigger on that, and I only have one of these, so I still need to pull the trigger on my other one. Uh but there is when you buy it, changing from that, you know, first power to the sixth or eighth power, whatever you have, it's super tight. Um you actually have to use it to actually loosen up the variable, uh, the, the changeover with, with just your hand, I, it's very smooth. So there's not a lot of grip there for when you're trying to change, uh, the, the variation from a one to a four five, six, whatever you're looking for. So they do sell a, um, an attachment that goes on that ring that tightens down right on it. And it's, it's a, basically a lever. You just pull that lever from one to six, one to six. And, and it, it's super, super nice, really smooth. Um, recommend buying it they're they're not too expensive a couple bucks here and there yeah if i'm feeling real cheap i might 3d print a throw level lever we'll see yeah same same you know 
I don't have the 3D printer at my place, so Mont Romeo. That's, <laughs> that's a good shout. I'll definitely uh, look into that. And yeah, if you need throw levers, hit me up, bro. Printer's always running. All right, I need one. So you test it, and once you perfect it, send me one. You got it, brother. All right. If uh, I'm going to switch, though, from kind of like those LPVO to a more standard red dot, kind of like Midas uh, talked about a little earlier, but I'm going to start with the crap ones, right? So I have a Bushnell TRS-25. I bought for 75 bucks off Amazon because I thought it was awesome. Um, used it, took it off, and never touched it again uh, until I bought a CZ Scorpion and said, oh, this would be great for the Scorpion. Took that off and threw another optic on it. Um, it's a great $75 budget optic. It shoots like it's $75. You're not getting much out of it. Um, it's a, it's supposed to be able to shoot up to five, five, six, hold zero and all that good stuff. Um, I don't even really trust it on my nine mil, you know, little variants there with the Scorpion would recommend though, if you want to use it, throw it on a 1022 or, you know, any 22 caliber firearm, good for plinking, good for shooting squirrels and all the other stuff. You don't need any crazy. Um, but again, for 75 bucks, you might be able to buy like a, a three X that you can really see the, the squirrel breathing from a hundred yards. Um, but yeah, wouldn't recommend. Absolutely not. The middle of the road red dot that I own, I have a vortex spark. So I swapped that TRS 25 off the scorpion through the spark on it. It's uh, it's a night and day difference. Still not your top of the line optic. It runs you about 200 bucks ish, depending where you buy it from. Uh, but it's super easy to manipulate and adjust that zero. Uh, took it out the other day and I was just shooting a target at 30 yards, just trying to get the optic on paper. And I think it changed like three, you know, three different adjustments on it. And, and I was blowing out the center of the target. Uh, the downside though was the, it has these lens protectors that are built onto it. So it has a nice, uh, plastic outline, um, covers the entire optic, protects it, you know, from bumps and bruises. But the, when you, when you pull off the, the front and the back and you're like, all right, man, I'm going to start shooting. It just racks right back in front of you every single time, just flopping back and forth like nothing. Um, there is, you know, a mechanism where it sets up so you can, you know, throw the front and rear and click them together and it's not supposed to go anywhere, but it's not really well-made or designed. So you kind of like got to MacGyver it in place around the side. Um, so it's a little annoying. I'll figure something out. Might just pull it off completely and, and, and find some lens covers that are better uh, that I can just remove myself. And then the last red dot that I run, I have the Vortex Strike Fire 2. So... As you can tell, I am a total Vortex lover, um, but I run this on my DD Mark 18. Uh, absolutely love it. It's You don't have to worry about ring mounts or any of that stuff. It has flip-up lens covers. So you don't have to worry about those flopping in the way, kind of like the, the Spark does. Um, the field of view is amazing. And, you know, like all the other Vortex optics, it's super easy to manipulate um, the dot to get a zero. Uh, multiple levels of, of brightness on that red dot. Additionally, um, it does also have settings that are night vision capable at the lower uh, power levels, brightness levels. So you just have to make sure you adjust that down. But overall, I'd say those are fantastic. I do have an RMR Type 1 uh, for my pistol, but 
like co-witnesses and you know it's a nice nice little optic but i haven't used it enough to really give it a good uh good talk about so to you guys uh whether it's worth buying or, or going with a different rmr type optic for a pistol so real quick story that i just want to interject with i was hunting around for optics today and it turns out that there's an online retailer that was selling these for 30 bucks each that's so, nuts yeah, it looks like they wanted to post a sale for $30 off the MSRP, but some intern must have messed up the listing and put it as $30 <laughs> each. So needless to say, you know, the internet got hold of this and crashed the site. It was given 504 errors left and right, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to get canceled orders out of that. Was that for the uh, strike fire? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I, I tried, man. But it, I just kept getting kicked when I went to the cart. <laughs> See, yeah. I just, every single time I got a deployment, there was always some awesome sale on GovX. And that's where I, I bought yep. all my optics from. Exactly, dude. Shoot my as a text. Hey, man, go check GovX. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Hey, Ma, yeah. I got I got some packages coming to your place to throw downstairs. You know? Yep. Then I got to explain more things I bought to the wife, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's the way it goes. It is. When it, when it comes to, you know, optics that I didn't buy, uh, like I said, I ran the ACOG on my first deployment uh, and I ran the, the CCO, the Aimpoint Comp M4 uh, or the M68 CCO, uh, which is a close combat optic. So those are optics you're most likely to see on, on a general soldier or Marine running around um, on a deployment or even training. Usually they have an ACOG or a M68. Honestly, I like the M68 way better than the ACOG. Um, like I said, I used it in garrison a lot. And on my second deployment, I purposely asked for it as opposed to an ACOG. Uh, it's it's way better for the missions I was doing anyway. There's no reason for me to be looking out four times. Um, great eye relief, and it holds that field of view. Held the zero really well. I bumped around a whole lot. And uh, every time I went and reshot, I had no issues. I didn't have to do any adjustments. Um, wouldn't buy one for myself, but I'd say for, you know, that free 50 one that they give you for your free 50 AR in the military, it's a pretty darn good one. Um, currently they sell for like 900,000 bucks. If you wanted to buy one on your own, pretty decent, I'd say. Uh, the one upside though, is if you are a night vision type person, uh, it has nine daylight settings for brightness and seven night vision device capable settings. So it, it is purposefully built for military use, uh, especially when it comes to that night vision usage, you know, co-usage when you're uh, running a gun in overseas. Or not overseas. Or not. Eh? Uh, hog hunting, Texas, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah, if I'm going to hog hunt in Texas, though, I'm probably going to use a thermal. Ooh, yeah, good choice, good choice. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, dude. I'm just not a fan of the Aimpoint, like Comp M4, the Aimpoint Pro platform. I mean, they're not bad, right? There's nothing wrong with them. I just don't think they're great. And if it's not great, I'm not going to run it on my guns. You know what I mean? That's just kind of my personal opinion. I feel like a lot of people feel that way. Um, but you do bring up a really good point. It's... You know, it's not bad either. It's just like, ah, I don't know. It's I one like of those, 
that I specifically put in that category of I don't own it, but I used it. And I'm just going to compare it against the one other deployment <laughs> I used, you know? Right. Yep. Exactly. Had a 50-50 shot of being better. Yep. Definitely, dude. I totally get it. So to kind of wrap this up, personally, what I have shot, I can without a doubt recommend the uh, EXPS2. It's a robust, powerful optic. But again, there is no magnification offered with with it. Um, you know, what, where do you sit with this, Midas? Yeah, dude. I mean, I think you hit it on the head there. And the fact that it is robust, super powerful optic in the sense it's super versatile and it's fast. And for me, that's why the EXPS3 is my favorite defense optic uh, for the platform I'm using it on which of course is on my MCX. Like when that baddie comes out, it's meant to be fast. Everything about it is quick and vicious. And I think it's just a great optic to mate with that strategy. Um, but, you know, if I had to choose one, I would have to definitely go with an LPVO uh, for an all around optic. You know, it's just, it offers a lot more versatility there. Um, but they can get pretty expensive if you're looking at picking up like a loophole or a night force, uh, some of the other ones, some of the more expensive vortexes, uh, that, that Irish talked about, you know, they're, they're not cheap. I'm not saying they're not worth the money, but there's a pretty big price gap between a $600 EOTech and, uh, you know, $1,400 LPVO. So it's just something to think about. I mean, but if you're balling on a budget, that Strike Eagle is where it's at. It is just a fantastic budget optic. I, I just can't say enough about it. It's sick. Yeah, no, it definitely is an amazing optic. And I mean, if you couldn't tell already, obviously, I do love the Vortex brand optics. Uh, if I was to choose my favorite, obviously, I'm going to choose the Razer HD2. Um, but that's specifically made for that specific rifle. I will never put that on another rifle. Um, because when you put a $1,300 rifle or a $1,300 optic, you want to put it on an expensive and good rifle. And it was a custom built AR 10. Um, and you know, when I was talking to my buddy about, Hey, what optic should I throw on it? You know, he's like, well, you're, you're not going to put like cheap tires on, you know, your Bugatti, right? You're going to go out there and get some good stuff to run with it because cheap tires on a nice car is just as bad as a cheap optic on a nice rifle. Well, now you're speaking my language. Just got to throw it your way, Midas. So that's why I went and I spent that extra, you know, chunk of change to get a nice, really nice optic to throw on a really nice rifle. And just a huge shout out to, uh, to everyone involved in this, you know, Irish Midas, thanks for taking the time to uh, sit down and talk with me about this, kind of hash it all out and figure out where I'm going to go with this. Um, another shout out to Mission First Tactical. They've been with us for quite some time now. We've done a lot of testing of their stuff. If you do want to go ahead and buy anything from them, when you go to the checkout, use code PATH5, all one word. Uppercase, uppercase P, uppercase F, gets you 20% off, lets them know that you're listening to us. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I just want to add one thing uh, to our listeners. Oh, I just hit my boom mic. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> there's so much going on right now in the media and in just the political landscape in America. And I just want to reiterate a couple things uh, to you guys that we're going to continue to drive home. And one of which is that even though we're here, we're talking about optics, we're talking about guns and experiences with them. And, you know, we get into some different combat stories and all that kind of stuff. Um, we're not, we're not warmongers. We're not out seeking violence or advocating for it at all. You know, it's, it's one of those things like there's, there's just so much going on right now that it's, it's super difficult to weed through it. So there's no real point getting fired up about it. Uh, it, it happens a lot though, right? When you're constantly getting berated with um, a lot of tales and, and videos of violence and just nonsense in, going on in the streets of America right now, uh, just completely subjugating the the whole cause of a certain group of people um, for violence and anarchy. It, it's frustrating. There's no doubt about it. Um, but just remember guys, people are individuals, right? Treat them that way. You know, don't treat people differently because they're from a certain background or they, they're a certain shade of skin pigmentation. None of that matters. What does matter is what you choose to do every day when you wake up. And if you're listening to us over and over, and we see the analytics, we see the fan base growing, we really appreciate it. And the big thing is, guys, just make sure that you are actively working to make the world a safer place. That's all. That's all we ask. For sure. For sure. I think there's a lot of people that are dealing with a lot right now that are uh, asking themselves a lot of questions that can't really be answered. Uh, so I think that's a great point that you made. But once again, I want to thank everyone who's listening right now. Thank you for sticking with us during our growing phase. We still have a lot to learn and we love your feedback. So hit us up at path underscore five on Instagram. Feel free to DM us with any questions, whether it's about optics or whatever, really. Uh, so thanks again. Have a good night.